Hello and welcome to Dateline. Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven, WNHHFM New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines and the stories that make our New Haven community tick. And when you think about community, the people we think about most when we think about community in New Haven are people like Nancy Jordan, who's in the studio today, who is the epitome of a community person and a community police officer. She's retiring this weekend after 23 years patrolling New Haven and really putting her heart into it. And she's going to come talk to us about that. Nancy Jordan, welcome, <coughs> Officer Jordan, to the uh, Dateline New Haven studios. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, you know, we've run into each other over the years, yes. always when you're up to something good, <laughs> reaching out to families and helping connect people to the police department. But what I, I was interested in you talking about something called the clap-out dance. So your final <laughs> act at the police department, you're technically retiring Saturday. Mm-hmm. Friday's your last day working. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be, when you leave the building, right, for the last time, mm-hmm. There are going to be a bunch of people outside, right? Mm-mm. Oh, no. What is a clap-out dance? So, um, initially, um, they do a clap-out, and they do go outside, as you stated. Um, but as everyone, the people that really know me know me, I'm different. So, when I was looking at <laughs> <laughs> the other clap-outs prior to me, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Because um, sometimes we tend to lose the crowd coming from the third floor downstairs outside the building. And um, I'm a people person, and I just want everybody to be close-knit together. So mm-hmm. I figure that we continue to stay on the third floor, plus it's January, it's cold. And um, so I said we'll stay on the third floor, and we'll clap out, and then dance out, and I'll do a little one-two-step. So what's not going to happen? They're not going to line we, up on the ramps? No, that's the only thing. That the, everything else is... um the same we're just not going outside into the weather so they'll will they go down the stairs with you or the elevator how's that going to work no we just stay right there in the atrium and um you know once everyone you know say their speeches the chief um my family members then i say my speech if i could get through it without crying (laughs) Um, yes and then um you know i do my signal 13 on the radio and what is signal 13 it's basically I'm signing off. Officer signing off. Yes. So is that what you say, signal 13, when mm-hmm. you're signing off? Mm-hmm. And so the ritual is, after the speeches, you go on the radio. Right, and then you go downstairs, and then everyone line up on each side, and then you come through, and then they clap. I, like, I remember that with Officer Duff, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's not going to be anyone outside? No one outside. What's going to happen when you say um, signal 13? And then... Um, signal 13 and then that's when the music hit and then i do my dance where's the dance gonna be right there on the third floor and then how are you gonna leave the building uh once i finish fellowshipping with everyone um then i leave you know on my own there's no timing for that <laughs> so yeah do you have a song picked out yes i do what's it, what is it um be there at 2 30 tomorrow See, i can't i'm gonna be in i know but i can't oh, say you can't say <laughs> Not saying be <laughs> Not there, saying. okay. Well, Nancy Jordan, how's it feel to be retiring? Um, Paul, I have to say that um, it is bittersweet. Um, it's definitely bittersweet. Um, I've been crying on and off, him and Juan. Oh, really? Since, yeah, since October, um, right after my birthday in September. That's when it was like, wow, it's really coming. You know, close to that time. Then when it got to January first, it's like, oh my god, countdown. 
than last week. And then it was like when I woke up today and my husband was like, oh, this is your last day waking up for work, work. And I'm like, oh, my God. So it's definitely bittersweet. But I don't want that bittersweet to be confused with that. I'm not grateful. I'm not thankful. Um, I'm just blessed to be able to leave on my time. And, you know, why, why um, are you retiring? 23 years is a long time. 23 years is a long time. You could Um, just retire at 20 and get pension, right? So the reason why I didn't um, retire at 20, and I say this everywhere, every platform I'm at, is um, because with my role now as the Victim Advocate Service Officer, um, I facilitate a group called the Survivors of Homicide um, Victim Support Group. And those people there actually change my whole dynamics of as far as wanting to retire in 20 years um, because I felt like I needed um, to do much more for them um, because I, when I got the role, it was November, 2018. <clears throat> and then unfortunately I broke my left ankle in April of 2019. So I was out of work from April to uh, August of 2019. Um, so it was still, um, I was still fairly new in the position and then now, January 25th of 2020, which January 25th is my anniversary. So like yesterday made 23 years um, for me. Um, I still felt like I still needed to do more for that particular group. And I wasn't ready to detach myself from there. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm glad I did stay on because it was so many, um, unfortunately, other survivors that came through that um, that definitely I needed to support and assist um, and boy, it happened like when you, so you didn't leave January twenty fifth and twenty twenty. Um, tell me if I'm right about this. You had planned originally to do twenty. Yes. And you, if what I'm hearing from you now is you had this new mission that you yes. just gotten started on. It was an important mission in our city does. right now. Mm-hmm. The victims of homicide. I know mm-hmm. that your predecessors, Julian Knox, did the victors, the group, mm-hmm. and that you felt you weren't done yet. I was. You felt you still had work to mm-hmm. do there. And then came the pandemic. Yeah. How did that affect that group? So that was the thing. I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, because that was in 2020. Um, And I was so grateful that I did not put my name on the list to um, retire because that was just um, very traumatic. You know, nobody knowing like what what's going to go on in the world. Everyone's panicking. Um, So I thought that that was a definitely um, good time for me to just stay um, we continue with our meetings. Obviously, we couldn't do them in person. Um, so we did like the conference line. We didn't do Zoom because of elderly people and um, computer challenge people that was in the group. And I wanted to make sure everyone was included. Um, one motto that I did um, actually um, took from the Board of Ed where they say no child left behind. I say in our group, no survivors left behind. Mm. So in our group, we not only have survivors from the city of New Haven who lost um, loved ones in the city of New Haven, but we have people that lost loved ones on the um, town of Hamden. Oh, um, really? People who lost, they come to New Haven for your Absolutely. Meeting? People who lost loved ones in New York City, like New York all, City? all over. If you don't have a support group in your um, area where your loved one was killed at or where you're even from, you're welcome to come to the city of New Haven um, oh. to our support group. How many people come to these meetings? Um, so our last meeting was actually last week, um, January 19th, and our count there was 84 attendants. How so many it, were from New Haven? 
um, I want to say like maybe 75%. And you, so it does, meeting, and you were meeting at one union? No, no. So since the um, pandemic, we don't meet at one union. Um, we actually, um, we was, like I said, we was doing a conference line. And then we did that for all of 2020 um, and then half of 2021. Um, and then I went to my supervisor where at that time, was um he was um assistant chief um Etienne, but he was sergeant and um I told him I said you know the group they want to see each other so how do I make this happen and see he suggested that we go out to the um area parks where we can be outside so we start doing that of the what s- parks did you meet yes yeah, so that's what's gonna say so we start doing that the summer of of 2021 we did edgewood park we did cold mm-hmm. spring park and then we did stone street park but the majority of the um group if not all of them they really love cold spring park so mm-hmm. we did that and then um came um 2022 the, the, the part at east rock park by orange yes yeah. so the one um 2022 we met there again in the summer but reverend um stephen cousins um i'm so great i'm grateful for him he opened up his church for us is Bethel AME um, Church on um, Guelphin County. So he opened up the Downstairs Fellowship Dining Hall. So that's where we meet at during the um, fall and winter months and then in the summertime um, at the parks. However, um, <clears throat> excuse me, with my successor, um, it's her decision where she's going Who to. Who is um, your successor? It's actually Officer Nikki Curry. And oh, she's that's from the great city. Choice. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it sounded like it was important. So they were you were online at the survivor group for the first year. Mm-hmm. And then it sounded like it was important you to get face to face. Yes. Why was that? Because they, they missed each other. We had brand new um, survivors, people a first time. Um, they're hearing people. But, you know, um, a hug goes a long way. And even though we was in um, the COVID um, season, right, it's still like we, we was all masked up, but people still wanted to be embraced, um, you know, just feeling that that support and assistance from um, another um, survivor who been through the same thing. Mm-hmm. So a hug goes a long way. A hug goes what a long way. What about talking face to face? Talking face to face. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Why was that important? Because now you get to see the person, um, interact with the person ask questions and we didn't do zoom we did actually conference call so that was very challenging um especially with people not um putting their phones on mute so we're hearing like if they're outside we're hearing you know the city streets or what have you so just being in person overall is definitely was much better and we're, they enjoy that okay I was thinking, harry i was wondering about okay. um we're talking to officer nancy jordan who's put in 23 hard working years as a police officer in New Haven, most recently she's telling us as one of the most important jobs at the department, you don't always hear about the victim services officer who brings survivors of homicide together. And I guess you must have been involved in the creation of the, of the garden, the, um, the homicide memorial garden on Valley Street. No, I have oh. nothing to do with that. Oh. But it is um, some of my survivors in the group. That's, that was their vision. And, I, you know, just assist and support them. That was in the making before I got here. But that has nothing to do with the New Haven gotcha. police. Um, so, Officer Jordan, I was so interested hearing you talk now about the importance of a hug, the importance of mm-hmm. looking people in the eye mm-hmm. in real life. Does that say something about how you pursued your police career from the beginning before you were a victim services <clears throat> officer, I mean, 
What about being a police officer and a community policing police officer, which I think you epitomized? Um, How important is seeing people, hugging people? I think it's very important. Yes, you do respect people's spaces. Um, however, um, I look at one of my um, favorite poets, Maya Angelou, where she says, um, you will forget, you may forget what a person say. You may forget what a person do, but you will never forget how that person make you feel. And that is like one of my favorite, favorite quotes. And it's true. You never forget how a, what a person, how they make you feel. And my um, goal when I came on um, 23 years ago, stepping into the unknown, not knowing <laughs> what to expect, that was my goal to make a difference in the community that I was raised and brought up in. Um, I wasn't born here, um, but I was raised here um, at the age of 16 months. I went to um, Winchester Community School, which is now Wessler Grant. Mm -hmm. um, I went to um, middle school. I went to Jackie Robinson, which is now King Robinson. In high school, I went to um, James E. Hillhouse High School on Sherman. And then I furthered my education at Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. You know, it's so interesting in New Haven when we talk about schools. If someone isn't going to school now, they usually talk about what the school used to be called. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they I always, always have to say that. Fine. It's pretty funny. Yes, like, yes. Because I, I went to Winchester. Yes. I went no, to I always say James E. Hill House High School, and now it's just James Hill House, but it's James E. Hill House High School. <laughs> now, why did you want to be a cop? You said to make a difference. Did you grow to, up thinking you'd be a cop? Did oh, you know absolutely, cops? No, absolutely not. No, that's not my testimony at all. Um, Actually, um. I grew up as um, one of the juveniles that did not like um, police officers um, and only because um, I grew up on Canal Street, 120 Canal Street, 6th floor apartment 66, which is now Monterey Place. Um, back then it was the home haven. Yes, it was the high rise the house on authority. Exactly. And then when they moved everyone out, I moved over. My mother and I, we moved over to 55 Division Street, which is right across from Science Park, but now it's leveled out, so it's no signs of that. But um, in my community, it was like um, we didn't really see cops, so basically we were just policing ourselves or what have you. Um, so it was a different outlook, and um, to be honest with you, I always credit my mother-in-law um, because she was at the um, telephone company, and she retired at the age of 46. That was unheard of. And um, she did 20 years. So my goal was to find an occupation where I can do 20 years and be 20 years and out. So I did apply for the Department of Corrections. I was on the waiting list for them. And I went forth with um, New Haven Police Department. Well, what changed your mind about cops? Did you not like cops growing up or they just weren't relevant? You didn't see they were They wasn't relevant, um, you know, that type of and just the way they was policing um the my community um you know not not being that community service police officer that wasn't heard of so in you my could time see him when there was an emergency yeah Only. barely yes and what mm -hmm. was it like were they nice uh no not back then it was the, the community policing it wasn't like how it is now so i wanted to make a difference i wanted my community to see someone from the community, not someone, you know, but someone from the community that went to the community schools and, you know, grew up 
in um, the housing authority. Um, and then mm-hmm. I became a police officer. I wanted to interact with the um, community, show them that, you know, we do make a difference. And I think I did a good job I with that. I think so, too. And you grew <laughs> and this was the dawn of community police, if I'm thinking correctly. I'm doing my math, which is always dangerous. Okay, so it was 1999 around when you were, 19, no, 2000. Yeah, became a January cop. 25th, 2000. Mm-hmm. So actually it was after community policing because that started in 1990. Yes. But mm-hmm. it was starting to take hold. Right. Well, in the early 90s, I was um, in Baltimore um, and school. Yes. Mm-hmm. What did you study there? I'm business administration. Mm-hmm. All right, so. So now, over the years, you must have started on patrol. Where did, where did you walk your first beat? <laughs> so my first beat, I actually, um, my partner and I, we actually, they put us um, in the Ditswell Avenue area by the Stetson Library or what have you. But um, I ended up getting transferred over to the Hill because I knew that area because, right, because I grew up over there. So I they transferred me over to the Hill, which I knew nothing of. Um, my my beat my car was car five one. I worked the midnight shift at eleven p.m. to seven a.m. Um, and that was my beat five one, which was Congress Avenue, West Street, Vernon Street, and um, I did that for nine and a half years. Mm-hmm. Anything you remember? Was it a good experience? What's yes, the day, it was. Is there it, a day you never forget? Um, it was definitely a good experience. Um, it's quite a few days I would never forget. One of them definitely do stick out to me where um. It was a summer night. Um, I was coming down Congress Avenue. I heard a loud muffler coming up West Street because my windows was down, obviously. And as I approached the traffic light, it was this um, black Mustang, all blacked out, um, speeding at a high rate of speed, turned. And it was like pretty much we were like head on. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, I'm going to definitely credit him first. And um, I did a quick maneuver to the right to get out the car away, and the car continued to speed down Congress Avenue, um, banged the right on Howard. I called it in, but by the time I turned around to catch up, I didn't get the plate of the car or what have you. Long story short, um, that car ended up um, going down Howard Avenue towards C Street, and I uh, went over the overpass, lost control, and collided into the utility pole. And the young man lost his life. Oh, my God. So that right there stood out to me tremendously because that could have been me. He could have just mm. collided into me. So, um, you know, that's why I say it's the grace of God that brought me and kept me up until this point. So mm. at this time, it, it's my time. That's now. amazing grace. Talk yes, about favorite it, exactly. Line. Exactly. Almost that exact line, right? It was grace that brought me safe thus far. And that's grace right. To bring me home. That's right. And it brought you home that night. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> Nine and a half years patrolling. After that, at some point you did background checks, right? Yes. So after, um, during my um, tenure, as far as um, doing um, C-Squad, which we call C-Squad, which is the Midnight's, mm-hmm. um, and the Hill, I also... Work with a group with Defy, which is Drug Education for Youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was overseen by Lieutenant Street, or at the time, it's basically like for Hill children, like children at risk. And um, we brought them up to um, Camp Rail for a week and we did different activities with them there. Um, and then while I was in patrol um, at the time, um, I don't even remember his title at the time, but it was. Um, uh, uh, Valeka. He, John Valeka, yeah. Yes, he gave me a phone call. I was actually on vacation and he asked me if I was interested in PAL or SRO. And um, he gave me, you know, their. Um, the police the, athletic. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up doing that 
with um, a classmate, a high school classmate of mine, um, Marcus Tavares, which is Marcus. now, yes, he's now a sergeant over at West Haven. So um, we. So did, was that your full-time gig at that point? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you were the POW officer. We was the, yeah, and actually um, Marcus and I were the last two POW officers that um, New Haven Police Department um, had thus far, but I'm glad what to. What do you mean? Now they do, they still have POW camp. But they have not. POW camp, but not a full-time POW officer. Um, so, but um, Chief, When was this, Nancy? Was this uh, around 2010? Mm-hmm. No, it was before then. It was definitely before then. Um, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I want to say like around 2010. You said nine and a half yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, around 2010. Yes, yes. So, well, how long did you do that? I did that for two and a half years, and then we went through a break with the city where um, they had to like lay off some cops. Remember that time? Uh-huh. So then I had to go back to patrol. I did that for a time period, and then that's when I applied for um background. They were starting to get some more um you know officers in. I applied. I was chosen, and I did back. I was a background investigator for like two years. With that, I went back to patrol, and then that's when I was um reached out um they reached out to me and asked me if i wanted to be a sro which is school resource officer and i told them the only way i would do that is if i go back to um you know my school um which is james (laughs) hill house and i did that and i did that up until um i got the phone call by chief campbell and assistant chief at the time reyes for me to be victim services the um is it, am I right that along that time, you talked about while you were a patrol officer, you did the drug education, take kids camping. Mm-hmm. Camp Al was camping? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That it's, and then, pal, it seemed like you always saw working with community, not just arresting people as part of the job. Is that true? Correct. Correct. And then even on ours, I remember one thing we wrote about, you were you're involved with your church in West Haven. Yes. There was a you know, sad story. A boy named Tremere, he was 16 years old, shot in his stomach by mm. a straight bullet in his front porch on Kensington. He didn't die. Yes. And you organized, this was back in 2012, you organized all your people from Faith Baptist Church, yes. West Haven, to, to, bring, yes. Uh, yes. to bring him some help. Is Faith Baptist still active there? Yes, yes. And how central is that to your life? Very, very, um, you know, um, as you know, my faith in God is very high. You know, I will be able to exist without him. You know, everything that I do, everything that I conquer, my whole being is because of him. You know, so I give reverence to him. And uh, so what are you doing these days with the church? Your social action, that kind of stuff? Yes, um, we're still doing the same thing. Um, but because of COVID, um, we did do it on a smaller scale. So hopefully this year we get back um, up and running, um, doing the um in person, um, giving out toys and coats and, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, book bags. Yes. I saw how much joy you got from that. Yes, yes. I love helping people. I definitely do. I love helping people. I really do. Because, you know, somebody helped me along the way, you know, so I love helping people. And that's what it should all be about. How, we, how about when you have to arrest people? What's that like? Um, I, mean, I know you can summon that toughness when you need to. I've seen that. Abs- absolutely. You don't get pushed around. Yeah, you know? a- absolutely. I mean, you have to do your job, you know, um, in spite of it. You have to do your job. But with doing your job, you do it with compassion and you do it with empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what it's all about and, and understanding. And you make sure that you clarify what what you're doing, you know, take the steps or what have you. And you don't have a problem. Obviously, I didn't have a problem, but, you know, so and the people have came back to me and thank me for arresting them because I saved their lives. So, you know, it's just all about that connection with um, people. And I'm a people person. So Chanel Watts says, beautiful Nancy Jordan, such a great person who cares about other two hearts. I 
sick of that. <laughs> Chanel, thank you, Chanel. So what's next, Nancy Jordan? Ah, uh, what's next? What's next? Um, I heard that sigh, which means <laughs> that maybe you don't have to decide right away what's next. You get to breathe for a minute. Well, that that's the thing. Um, and I heard you say Chanel Watts. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's one of my survivors. Hi, Chanel. Oh, hi, Chanel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's next is I am going to take a breather for a few months or what have you. Um, do a little bit of traveling and then um, I still want to stay into victim services mm. because I still think it's still a great need out there. But I want to do it more on a civilian level. Um, definitely not. I'm as far as um, policing, law enforcement. Um, you know, I did that, done that. But I want to do like on a more civilian um, side. Um, and definitely just I just want to be a help of of people. That's it. And if I can do that, maybe another 10 to 15 years and then then I will be definitely chilled out with everything well, but I, I can't stick around and not do nothing I'll drive myself crazy neither mind my husband and my daughter <laughs> I can tell you that I'm not even remotely surprised by that <laughs> and how's it like being a grandma I love it I love being a grandma I love it yes I'm Gigi <laughs> I'm Zadie oh nice to meet you Gigi Zadie, nice to meet you too <laughs> well Gigi I'm so pleased that you got to have such a rewarding career at New Haven Police Department. Yes. Made New Haven a better place. Mm-hmm. You're going to continue doing that. Yes, and thank and you for earned, having you've me. You've earned your travel break. Yes, yes. I hope you're, where are you going? Um, well, actually, um, one of my sorority sisters, my special, I'm not going to say her name, but she's um, su- she surprised me. I'm actually going to New Orleans start, um, Saturday. Yeah, the, been, are you going to be there for the Rhythm and Blues Festival? Oh, I don't know when. When is that? I forget if that's February. We, I think it's February, March. No, I've no, we're, we're leaving s- this Saturday. Yeah, yeah, the day after. Well, the day of my official retirement date. Yes. All yeah. right. Well, Nancy Jordan, job well done. Thank you. So what's the signal again? Signal. Signal thirteen. Hope it's a great signal thirteen. Sorry, I can't be there tomorrow. I'm gonna be zadying, but I understand. I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of love in the room. I understand. I understand. Thanks, George. Thanks Thank to Harry Tros for working the controls, and I wish you all luck continuing your work in a new uniform thank you <laughs> we're going to take it out with the afro-semitic experience performing i wish i knew how it feel to be free from the group cd a plea for peace this paul bass inviting you to fly free with us all day and all night and all weekend long at wnhh new haven's home for community radio mm-hmm.